Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 55, recorded April 11th, 2021. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And this is our Oscars 2021 rundown part the first, in which we will cover half of the Best Picture nominees, uh, primarily focusing on, uh, scare quotes here, nonfiction. These are movies at least based on true stories. Uh, so there are four of those, and we'll be talking about them. Yep. Um, given that we are talking about the American West somewhat in this one, I felt like it was important for us to do a land acknowledgement that Tim and I record these podcasts in places that are occupied land. Tim records his end of things on the Kickapoo, Osage, Wichita, and Comanche ancestral lands, and I record on the Coast Salish, Stiligwamish, Duwamish, and Suquamish, and also just want to say that Native people are still very much here. That felt worth doing for this episode. Um, we are generally only in one place <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, um, So yeah. we wanted to get that on record. But yeah, so non-fiction Best Picture nominees. And yeah, so let's get started. Repeat after me. I am, I am a revolutionary. First off, Judas and the Black Messiah, starring Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Dominic Fishback. This is um, this is a very very difficult, bloody story from American mm-hmm. history in the not very distant past, about uh, a man who was coerced by the government to infiltrate the Black Panther Party, and uh, ultimately led to the assassination by U.S. government agents of uh, of a political activist. So I, I I don't want to to gloss over here any any of the the violence that uh, that's involved. I, I think one of the big strengths of this movie is that it it is complicated and it's not really shy about showing the complications. Of these events, mm. uh, I think you know my my feeling is that it was a little too quick to excuse certain things. However, it it very much got me on the side of of the characters who who did those things. So I I understood how they got to the point where they they felt that that was their recourse. Yeah, it's it's I'm actually kind of surprised. I, okay, maybe like this. Your mileage will vary, but I actually I was surprised at how not violent it was. Like I actually thought it was going to be a little bit more violent, um, yeah. Given this, um, but um, I, I understand where you're coming from. The um, I, I'm kind of like a kind of the same, but I would never condone violence or anything like that. Um, that said, um, the cops in Chicago at that time were not great. We have another movie that will discuss that later um, mm-hmm. in today's podcast. Um, and I think that is a matter of public record and not even a public opinion. That is like straight up judgments made. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Chicago police force at the time, not the best. Um, I'm not going to say anything about them now because I have no idea, but um, I don't live there. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I do get where Tim's coming from there. Um, the at the, t- at the same time, though, like as... You know, as someone who just went through like this last year and is often thought about equity and stuff, like I, I, it definitely gets my, definitely gets my empathy, and I, I get where where they're coming from, and I think the film does a very good job of establishing that. But I also think it does a good a job of establishing how that can be icky, 
how that is maybe like I think it does a good job of showing the other side of that as well in a non particularly white lens of looking at it too is the other thing because I feel like a lot of times when we look at this like oh but they want the cops dead that's bad um and but yeah. they don't but they don't yeah. do it in that hand wavy what do you think about the children sort of way they're they're actually coming at it from that like it's they're coming at it from a better lens and i think that 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 that's i think that's a real strength of the movie although it makes the movie kind of murky and muddles it and makes it icky i think that's a strength in this sense yeah i i agree because you know the the truth of this history is messy and complicated yep. mm-hmm. so that's that's it's 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 it feels honest and genuine in that way and there there are things in it that are going to make you angry no matter where you're coming at it from and they should and they should i think that's a good thing like um, this movie gives out a very visceral response and i think that's that's that is something i feel like that's something that a lot of movies strive for and don't quite do it and this film does it the the things that i really like the way you know the way shaka king um directs the movie it kind of has this sort of 70s scorsese feel with the departed at the same time um and sometimes that direction can seem a little clunky but for the most part i think he i I think he succeeds more than he doesn't um but it still could be like a little bit tighter in that sense um i think the music is um a little off a couple of times but um that didn't really hurt it too much for me um but really what the what's the big you know, it's the performances that are that's the big thing here. Um, Daniel Kaluuya and um, Lakeith Stanfield are amazing in their parts. They like uh, it's weird that they're both nominated for supporting actor when this is very much like Lakeith's movie. But uh, that you can look into that. It's apparently some kind of weird ballot campaign. Thing. It's stuff about the Academy that I only sort of understand and still get annoyed about but yeah um, yeah that's that's inside baseball kind of stuff going totally on totally inside baseball stuff um but yeah the, the i think that the the performances are really what make this movie i do i do kind of like it's sort of something that's that's kind of like a an undercover movie and a biopic at the same time i think it's um I think that might be part of the reason why the direction feels clunky at times because it's kind of like juggle those two things i think it's sort of its own thing which I think is neat, but um, it still doesn't quite figure it itself out all the way in the direction department. I think in the script department, it actually does a pretty good job. Um, but the, yeah, um, for the, I really like it. Um, I don't see it winning. I would, I would like it to win, I think. Um, but um, for the most part, most of these movies this year, they could win and I wouldn't feel too bad. There's only like one movie that I would be particularly annoyed if it won this year. <laughs> um, and we'll get to that. And, uh, but yeah, this is, I thought this was really good. I think I have more good things to say about it than bad things. As a person who is a history, who was a history major, I actually really like that it shows, you know, it shows a lot more truth than another movie later. But as <laughs> if, if I were to pretend that this was just a fictional story and none of this happened in real life, I still think it's a really compelling little drama. And I think it is very thought-provoking. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Uh, this is, like like you said, it uh, it... It gets you thinking, and it kind of sticks with you, and, and and makes you makes you consider things from a from a different perspective, and that's that's especially valuable right now. Coming from two white guys, right there. So take take uh, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer we, there. T- we we totally do not have the same lens on this that the director and performers do. No, but um, I, we are we are learning. So that, and that's the important thing. And I think this film can be helpful um, for people trying to learn. 
yeah. that's that's what yeah. I particularly like about it. Definitely worth it. Totally understand why it's nominated. I yeah, I think it is a great contender. It's a strong film. Anything else, Tim? Uh, that's that's about all I can I can really think to say on that one. Uh, so let's move on. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, not yet. Um, so for this year, um, a lot of people went back to the drive-in theater because we didn't really have movie theaters. So I thought it would be fun for this year's nominees for me to come up with the drive-in titles for each of our Best Picture nominees. Hopefully I remember to do this in part two um, down the line. Um, but so... I really it's Judas and the Black Messiah is actually a really good drive-in title to begin with so um, I really couldn't so coming up with something better um, so a drive-in title for instance would be something like I was a teenage werewolf or eat my dust or um, the the original Fast and the Furious was like a very popular drive-in movie so you know catchy snappy titles that you know get cars in the lot um, things like that usually really reductive uh, <laughs> titles that don't mm -hmm. that are, is more sensational than it really gets that really shows the truth of the matter but so the best driving title i could come up with this was i was a black panther for the fbi yeah it kind of tells you but uh, yeah but uh, i'm gonna be doing that for the rest of the movies too all right now we can move on sorry all right all right folks you have been warned yeah <laughs> Make yourself to home, Mr. Mankowitz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankowitz, but we have to call him Mank. Mank. Uh, directed by David Fincher, starring Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Charles Dance. Charles Dance, and a host of others, because yep. this is a old Hollywood movie full of various people playing other famous people. Um, yeah, yeah. Big, big ensemble cast. Um... But you know, strong, strong weight carrying by uh, by some of the the principals, uh, you know, particularly uh, Amanda Seyfried, who is who's up for uh, supporting actress for this mm. role. And I think she's kind of the MVP of this movie. Um, every scene with her really, really shines and really works. So this is the story of Herman Mankiewicz, brother of Joseph Mankiewicz, the All About Eve director. Um, but Herman was the original was the original writer for Citizen Kane, and so this is about his life and the development of the first draft of Citizen Kane, which I think was actually called American at that time, but I might be wrong. Um, so, and this is just kind of him looking through his life and his relationship with uh, with Miriam, with uh, Miriam Davies, who is a silent film star who did uh, did occasional talkies. I have actually never seen a movie with her um, in it because they're just it's just I just happened. Um, and but from you know, she seems to have been kind of a you know not a not a not a little player. She was not exactly a huge deal. She wasn't exactly a star, but she was you know known. And yeah, yeah. about his relationship with her and with William Randolph Hearst, who would be a big influence on the character of Charles Foster Kane in Citizen Kane. And so, yeah, that's what that's what this movie is about. Um, the the thing is, is that uh, from a film snob history guy, there is a lot of discredited things that this movie purports to be true. Back in the day, this uh, this this critic uh, Pauline Kael, she wrote this thing called Raising Cain, which was like very much looking, you know, kind of attacking the auteur theory and going after how Wells is kind of seen as the big author of that movie. And and I don't like disagree with like the auteur theory stuff, but it seems like a lot of the stuff that was used to, you know kind of discredit Wells and his importance to the movie, you know, got placed on Mankiewicz, which is not like a hundred percent wrong, but a lot of the stories that get told that got told in that book were later discredited. And some of that ends up here. And that, that bothers me <laughs> because these are things that have been discredited for over 20 years now. Um, and, and it shouldn't be in there, but um, 
that's so that aside if i pretend that this is all fiction um for the most part the script is pretty interesting it's got a lot it's got enough of that like film lover pandering that i kind of that i dug um <laughs> I, I i did i will admit i enjoy that there are some things that i feel like are unnecessary um to the plot of the story um you can kind of tell that this is based off of a script that was written a long time ago this was actually written by the director david fincher's father um and you could kind of tell that it needed like one or two more passes to make it a little bit more relevant for lack of a better term um maybe um yeah, maybe maybe the update seems weird when we're talking about an uh, like a biopic but there is definitely a a style it is of a style that we're that we don't really do anymore and it's not but the thing is it's not done in a style of like a citizen kane movie it's kind of done in a style of like a like a 70s or 80s movie like this so yeah yeah but with with kind of a also to capture sort of the the 40s 50s film aesthetic somewhat yeah somewhat um, and that was something that kind of that sort of bothered me throughout the whole movie. I feel like th- this is a preference thing with me. Like uh, I think um, for some people they're gonna find it charming, but for me I found it kind of phony, which could be on purpose. I will I will say that that could be on purpose. But if it is on purpose, it doesn't quite get there for me. Um, it may for others, um, but that was something that kind of like made me leave the movie kind of unhappy i felt like ultimately the movie there's something about the movie that doesn't gel but that isn't saying that it's a bad movie i don't think it's a bad movie but i don't think it's a great movie either um is the problem that said though the performances really are very good um technically it is a well-made movie even if i don't like that particular aspect um but yeah the thing i'm sort of on the fence about is would you like i don't think you need to have seen citizen kane to to watch and appreciate this movie but I don't know why you would. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I can easily imagine you know doing you know like a, a a double bill with this and Citizen Kane, but I'm not sure which one I would put first. Yeah, HBO made a movie um, RKO something. It has Liv Schreiber in it as uh, as as Wells, where they actually talk about the actual making of the movie. This is about the genesis of the movie, and so. I think that, and that one's very much more Wells-focused. I mean, Mankiewicz is a character. He's played by John Malkovich. Um, but, um, you know, Mankiewicz is there, um, and their relationship is examined. But it isn't as volatile um, as it is in this movie, even though we only have, like, two-ish scenes with with Wells and Mank. I don't know. I liked that. There's also a PBS documentary about William Randolph Hearst and Orson Welles that I think is worth checking out. <laughs> um, you can. I found that on Archive because someone just taped it and put it on so I got to watch some, like, 20-something-year-old VHS copy through archive.org to watch this thing on PBS. It's also, like, a special feature on the on the Citizen Kane Blu-ray, but, <laughs> but I don't have that. So, um, anyway. But, um, so there's, like, there's a lot of information about this story that you can learn and find. Um, uh, for the most part, I don't think it's a bad movie, um, but uh, I, did, I did feel disappointed by the end of it. I do think there's more... I, th- I think I l- there's more things I like about the movie that I dislike, though. Yeah, so I, I came away from this having largely enjoyed it, um, not not having quite all the uh, the historical baggage, uh, if you will, going into it. But, you know, definitely curious, you know, because I, I, I couldn't help being curious about how... Okay, so how, how fictionalized is this? And it sounds like, yeah, a fair bit. But but with that grain of salt that this this is kind of fictionalized and it is really only from one character's point of view and it's a somewhat fictionalized version of that person. If you take all of that into account, I 
I found it an interesting story, an interesting take on it. Yeah, there, there are lots of interesting dynamics between different characters and, and how they, they played off each other and interacted. Uh, I think the script overall is is pretty tight. And like you said, some some great performances from you know several different individuals. So I I felt engaged pretty much pretty much throughout. Um and you know, we, we talked before. There are there are some bits that are probably extraneous to the main narrative, but I don't feel like they drag it down, like the, the yeah. pacing still feels fine. Yeah. Didn't I do, really take me out of it. I do think the f- the with those extra things i do think the focus gets kind of muddled and i think it gets um i think it kind of hurts the movie in that sense but i agree i it doesn't make the movie drag though which is a rare thing i have to say yeah yeah so yeah i i enjoyed this um is it gonna win i i don't know uh i've i've still got some movies to watch before i can really weigh in on that this is the Um, one that if it won i would roll my eyes really hard um (laughs) because uh, (laughs) um because like it kind of just buys into that whole like ah the academy only likes movies about movies um kind of yeah yeah and there's there's definitely some of that here and you know there there is some you know you know movie lover pandering going on i Mm personally didn't feel like it was overdone i mean it's it's definitely there yeah you can't not see it and, and you notice it and it's like oh and you, you roll your eyes a little bit but yeah I, I couldn't help but enjoy it too yeah and i i, I felt like they never overplayed their hand with it they, no, they didn't not, not constantly really. hit you over the yeah. head with it yeah and it's like i enjoyed that but like i feel like that's a mileage will vary kind of thing because like there will yeah, come a point yeah. where it's too much for somebody um it did not yeah. get there for me but it probably does for others <laughs> um yeah but, yeah um, so the drive-in title I came up with, I played around with a lot of ones. Um, like the first one I came up with was Can- was Kane's daddy. But then I just kept thinking about Big Daddy Kane, who is this old rapper from the days. Um, so then, then I came up with Sled Boy Goes Hollywood, which is snappy, but not quite right. Then, so finally I came down with, uh, coming to a drive-in near you, Hollywood Scandal Scripter, <laughs> which I don't know if that's that exciting, but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you you get a few uh, few curious comers yeah. to to that one. It, I, it, it I, would I think, depend yeah. on what it's what it's what it's paired with. I think. Um, like. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> all right. And that takes us to. My mom said that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. Nomadland. Nomadland, starring. Mostly starring Francis McDormand. Mostly. Yeah, uh, well, David Strathairn is also the other yeah, person. Yeah, appears in a few scenes. Yep, he's there. He does stuff. Yep. And that's kind of the what the movie is. Um, they're there. They do stuff. Um, the film doesn't have, like, a real narrative in a usual sense. It's very much kind of slice-of-life driven, which is fine. I have no complaints about that. I think that's maybe the best way to tell this story this is non-fiction in the sense that it is based off of a non-fiction book that was examining um, people who live the nomad life um, especially in the fallout of the 2008 recession and this, so these are people who mostly lost their homes in that recession and how they go around the american west finding work um, it's interesting because i do think that there's a lot of neat ideas in this movie. I think uh, there's a lot of symbolism in that broken plate, don't you think, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's also, I feel like there's a lot being said about the myth of the American West, myth being the key word there. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's a, uh, there's a lot of deep stuff in this, but I don't know if it ever quite gets there. But um, for the most part, the plot of the movie is about Fern, who I think is a fictional creation for this movie, um, although based off of real people. Um, and her 
travels through it's basically a year of her life going about uh, going about the american west working in various places living out of her van and she says this great thing explaining that she's not homeless she's houseless um and that kind of explains her life uh francis mcdormand as always does a has a great performance um we also get a lot of non-actors in this movie who are people playing like fictionalized versions of their real selves um bob wells a woman named linda another woman named swanky they are these are real people who are also people in the book from what i understand and um and that's pretty cool that's really interesting because of that we get this sort of documentary feel but yeah the uh i think it's extremely well shot i think it's um beautiful in that sense the music is is interesting too it's all this like one piano person i think so yeah the the the, the music this definitely made me feel like i was watching an awards contender film <laughs> yeah yeah it does so I'll, that, I'll, yeah. I'll i'll say that it's it's that's 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 not a knock it's just it it is very much you know of yeah in in kinship with other movies of of this, of this sort it's like yeah mm-hmm. this although it's it had had that kind of aesthetic to it mm-hmm. uh i also really like the photography there are lots of really beautiful shots of, of landscapes and and things uh, uh like you said there's it's it's not uh not really about a specific narrative it's no. it's just you know here's kind of a sequence of events it's not really like there's a you know it's a, a specific end point the movie just kind of stops yeah and yeah that's that's okay um but i i i kind of got a sense like they were trying to say something specific with this movie rather than just you know sort of building up this this modern american myth mm-hmm. and like it never actually got around to saying whatever that was so kind, kind of like you said yeah so i think there are things that are said that i think are interesting there's this film seems to be missing an edge um in my opinion for i think everything else about this movie is great except for its script Fern is kind of a static character, which I guess is sort of in keeping with the story that we're telling. Um, but the problem is the hardships that she gets are, you know, I guess this is kind of a spoiler warning, are not, not like, are a problem, but they're never, they're never really a really big problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she solves them with, I'm not going to say relative ease, but easier than it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm coming at that from, like, a reality-based thing, too. I'm not just, like, coming from a, like from a story base here like um like i feel like even in real life this should be harder than what's seeing and it's a noticeable yeah. absence yeah so like some some of these it's like yeah this this probably would have been a bigger deal in in real life and and we see them resolve fairly in in fairly short order now some some of them it's like you know, okay so there's there's definitely some some time has elapsed here yeah. and that's 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 kind of as a storytelling device, you know, sort of hand wave, and, and there's there's shorthand to to say it's okay. Some some time has passed here. This didn't happen just overnight. This bit, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's okay. But yeah, it it does kind of feel like 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 you said, some of that uh, that was not as big a deal as maybe it would have really been. Mm-hmm. And I think for like. And I think for some people that, that they're really into that. Um, but I think that that's something that's like really lacking for this movie. I'm not saying I want her to be like, you know, mugged or assaulted or something, but I feel like like something bigger needs to happen and it doesn't quite get there. Um, I do think it is well-directed though. Um, the script could just be better. Um, the 
I don't know. The I will say this one thing. This movie got me thinking a lot more. I talked to my like my wife and I watched this together and we ended up having like some pretty interesting conversations that came out of this. The one thing I will admit though is the movie did get kind of flavored that about 10-ish minutes into the film I was like these are people who probably were anti-maskers later just a few years down the line and <laughs> will admit it did flavor the movie a little bit. <laughs> that did not happen to Tim, so maybe you're <laughs> Yeah, I I I didn't have that you know thought during the movie having heard that yeah yeah maybe i i can see that but it, it didn't really color my my take on yeah. the film it, it colors my take on the film but i also know that it's not the film's fault and it isn't but I, it is i still get on fern's side like i still get like i still have empathy for her but i will admit it was there and i'm sure it, it colored a few things um i also knew people like this when i lived in colorado and so there is like certain aspects of that kind of personality that i think are kind of missing now there's a whole community of people who so they would have they have a lot of variants as well but um yeah the I do think there's some interesting things said about privilege, which is interesting for a film that's about predominantly poor white folks. So I think there's a cool, there's a very good discussion that came out of this movie. And yeah, in a lot of ways, it has that kind of awards bait sort of feel to it. At the same time, though, I don't think it's as liberal as most of those are, which is interesting that this is like the front runner movie. <laughs> this, if this won, I would be uh, considering all the the vitriol that people throw at the Academy. If this won, I would be kind of disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's not a bad movie. I don't think it gets quite great either, but it is pretty good. I do wish it wasn't as nice. <laughs> yeah, I. It's it 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 does have some some grit to it, but I I agree. I'm I'm surprised that it wasn't a little grittier. Yeah. Than it ended up being. Yep. Uh, that that said, I don't know if this is a movie that people are still going to be talking about, you know, five years, ten years down the line. And of course, we never really do. We never really do. But you know, some some really make you question. It's like, okay, this isn't a bad movie, but you know, if if you think about it in the moment, whether it's got any staying power, that isn't always a good sign. Yeah, and so like yeah, it's just interesting that this became such a big deal after 2020. So that's it's it's just fascinating. Yeah, but and sometimes movies only stay in the conversation if they win. So yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, so the best thing I could come up with or a drive-in title for this one was Walden on Wheels, which is super reductive and doesn't quite tell you it, but that's I'm not wrong there when I make that up. Not entirely. <laughs> it's snappy. It's got alliteration. I don't know if that's what wants you to go to the to the drive-in for it, but yeah. Yeah, that that sort of suggests a a bit of a different vibe than this one ends up having. Yeah, you know, the, the 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 on wheels suggests something a little more upbeat, even though Walden doesn't. No. And there there isn't quite that dichotomy in this film. Not but. quite, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was the it was the best thing I could come up with. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I okay. laughed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and that brings us to our last film for part one. When you came to Chicago, were you hoping to draw the police into a confrontation? I'm concerned you have to think about it. Give me a moment, would you, friend? I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. That is the trial of the Chicago 7. So, this is about the trial of the Chicago 7, so that's... That's pretty... Never would have guessed. Who would have thought? Anyway, so, yeah, this is... Uh, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to give the grain of salt to everything that I say from here on out, just so people are aware of this. I was... So I'm a history major. That's what I got my, my bachelor's degree in. I got my 
masters in something else, but this particular time in history has always been really fascinating to me. Abby Hoffman was someone I've always had kind of an interest in. So this is a story that I knew a lot about going in. If you want like a good Cliff's Notes about it, check out Chicago 10. It's an animated uh, documentary about this. It actually goes into all the more bizarre things that happened at this trial that aren't in this movie. That's the first caveat is I knew a lot about this going in. Didn't help the movie. <laughs> um, second thing... <laughs> is um, I'm kind of tired of Aaron Sorkin's stuff at the moment. Now, some years ago when Moonrise Kingdom came out, I left that theater being like, eh, that movie was okay, but I'm kind of tired of Wes Anderson's stuff right now. And so that's kind of how I feel. Then Grand Budapest came out, and I was a little skeptical, but it had been getting like pretty good buzz, and it looked kind of funny, so I thought, okay, I'll check it out. So I checked it out, and I walked out of that feeling like, this is his best movie. Like, that was Wes Anderson's best movie. So going into this... I am already tired of what of Aaron Sorkin's stuff, but I am optimistic that I will have a similar situation as I did with the Grand Budapest. That did not happen. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. Yeah. All right, Tim, you you start. I... So yeah, I I found myself in kind of a similar position. Sorkin is is not someone who's shy about his his opinions or his biases. Like, he, he acknowledges those biases, but he doesn't seem to be aware of them to a degree that permits him to temper them mm -hmm. in, in his viewpoint. And it's not that I necessarily disagree with his opinions. He just presents no. them in a kind of sanctimonious way a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that kind of hurts him, mm -hmm. frankly. Yep. Uh, and there's there's some of that on display here. So, yeah, I, I do not have the same background in, in history that... Uh, Andrew does. So I did not come into this movie with, you know, the, the same level of, of foreknowledge of, you know, these these events. And you know, that said, I, I liked the movie overall. And, you know, while I was watching it, I wasn't thinking very much, you know, although I, I certainly had the thought before, it's, okay, how, how fictionalized is this? You know, Sorkin gonna Sorkin. So how... How much Sorkinizing has been done to the dialogue for this movie, and I didn't, I didn't really spend any time during the movie actively thinking about it because it mostly, to me, in my ignorance, you know, it seemed for the most part fairly good. Um, there, there were definitely some bits where it's like, okay, that seems kind of exaggerated, almost to the point of of being, you know, cartoonish. But not too much. So I I like the movie. There are some genuinely great performances in it by some really talented actors. It's it's well shot. There there's a lot to appreciate about this movie. But you know, given the uh, the discussions I've I've been having with with Andrew since, and you know, how some of the, some of these things just did not happen this way. It's you know it's. It's one thing to take a little bit of artistic license with the story, but it's it's a little different. And I, in in my estimation, there's less wiggle room when you're dealing with historical events that are already very well documented, and you can you can easily bring the receipts and say, well, actually. Yep. And uh, as annoying as it is to like mansplain the problem there with the well actually of that, but the the thing is, is that it does end up hurting the movie in in certain ways. 
So, especially when you compare it to Judas and the Black Messiah, which is, you know, more accurate. It, I mean, it does stuff too. I mean, like it, you know, it plays the drama as well, but for the most part, it hits the big things. The thing is, is this movie was, I mean, sorry, this trial is one of the few trials where you don't need to Hollywoodize it up. So much weird stuff happened that he doesn't even like have to do anything. <laughs> like he could just present it as it was. And he does like, it's a kind of a Hollywood story to begin with. So that was something that was like, that was annoying and irksome for me throughout the thing. Now, if I pretend that this was all fiction and this never happened and this whole thing is just entertainment, then like there's still two things in this movie that I'm not going to go into them too much because I don't want to spoil it too much. But I will say the ending is one of those things that he Hollywoodizes and it creates something that is that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's kind of trite and I don't and I it, it just doesn't work for the movie. It does. I feel like it underplays the message. I feel like it makes it into this isn't in keeping with the rest of like the story. And 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 that really hurt the movie for me. So even if I pretend that this all didn't happen, there are like two big things that happen in the movie that the movie made choices with that I think were bad choices. And and that's that's bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So after I, I watched this, I was reminded of, of two other movies about which I had kind of related thoughts. Mm. Uh, one was Vice from a couple of years mm. ago, which about which I said, this isn't going to change anybody's yeah. mind about Dick Cheney. Yeah. And, and it wasn't. Because, okay, these are people who met at some point, and obviously they had their, their conversations and something was said, but nobody involved with this movie was there. So they just made up out of whole cloth whatever they thought was the the most you know cartoonishly evil thing they could come up with to paint this person in this light. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not passing judgment here on, on Dick Cheney, love him or hate him, or, or anywhere in between. <laughs> Just, just stating a fact. Yeah, it's like this. This this movie just made this up. You know, did it happen like that? Maybe, but I don't know, and neither do they. So there, there's there's some of that kind of kind of stuff going on here. But the the other, because I, I don't want to get off on on the tangent of of that one too much, is the other movie I thought of was one that uh, is is a little bit older uh, by Tim Burton called Big Eyes. That I believe we also we covered, did. and uh, yeah, that's another one where the actual story is weirder than anything you could make up. And Tim Burton, who is known for being really dang weird, doesn't really mess with it. He just lays it out there. So this movie falls kind of somewhere in between, and it's uh, yeah, it 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 feels a bit off for it. Yeah, it's. I feel that it's not that something is lost in the translation. It's just that I feel that it's not given, it's not given the respect it should have. And um, the thing is, it's such a weird story to begin with that why would you make these decisions when you could have just literally done the truth, <laughs> and the truth would mm -hmm. have been just as cinematic and just as you know real, or not, and just mm -hmm. as sorry, and just as entertaining in that sense. So I encourage people to go check out this. What actually happened in this trial it is a very interesting trial <laughs> it is very bizarre um i will however say so in this case it's the script it's the script that is the big problem here that is the thing i'm probably going to say about all that well not all but most of the nominees as we are going through all this the earlier before we started recording i said to tim that it's like we have really good ingredients cast is great the direction is fine enough the way it's shot is great the way it's scored is great all that is really good 
So we have great ingredients. It's just that the recipe is kind of lacking, and that's that's the big problem here. This is the one. This is the nominee that if it won, I would be mad. <laughs> um, like this is like I, be, I very much don't want this to win. I will say one of my favorite things about this movie is that Frank Langella is in it, and he's playing like the the best thing about Frank Langella playing this judge is that he comes off as two of his big performances in the past kind of put together and that is Skeletor and Richard Nixon I it, that popped in my head about two-thirds of the way through the movie and it wouldn't leave not too like a third of the way through the movie and it wouldn't leave <laughs> and it was totally there but uh the movie I ended up I'd like I I don't think I like it because it does all these things that I really don't like but there are good things about it there are positives but the negatives are really big negatives for me yeah um, but I, I do want to you know, reiterate some some really fantastic performances, yep. including Frank Langella, uh, Mark Rylance, yep. uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is he's really good. Yeah, you know, on top of his game here. Yeah, he's he's really yeah, really him good as Abby Hoffman is probably like some of the smartest casting I've seen in a while, um, because him and Abby Hoffman have a lot of things in common. Um, so yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah so that one makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, if I thought it was just fiction, it still does things that I think that are bad. It's one of those things where I don't think it's bad necessarily, but I don't think it's like good either in what it does, um, which is too bad. Yeah, yeah it, I, I I agree. It's it's sort of a, a tries too hard mm-hmm. thing. It's like you, you already had enough to work with here. You, you didn't need to do the the, the plusing yeah. and and the extra. Yeah. Also, like well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, here's the drive-in title I gave this one. This one was Hippies, Yippies, and the Man. <laughs> I think that that's not a bad title for that one. Well, we are going to cover the other ones, of course, um, in due time. Um, we have four other movies that are, you know, fictional, <laughs> um, or at least more yeah, fiction-based yeah. than uh, than these, and uh, we will be discussing those pretty soon. So look out for that. And uh, yeah. Anything else, Tim? Uh, no, no, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, of course, we've got uh, just a, a couple more weeks until uh, until the ceremony. Uh, we'll be you know covering that in the usual fashion. We'll be be live yep. tweeting during, and uh, you will we'll cover at least the remaining best picture nominees here on the podcast. We'll uh, we'll uh, do some some honorable mention for some of the other yep. categories as uh, as we have time. You know, as as we are are want to point out, this is kind of a hobby. Yeah. For us, we've got other things going yep. on. I, I in particular, am am busy with my quote real life yeah, right yep. now. But yeah, you know, that said, there there are other movies to see, and we're we're gonna watch at least some of them and uh, and talk about them because that's what we do yep. here. And uh, yeah, looking real forward to that. And uh, yeah. All right, thanks everybody. That's the show, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah, my-